on page uh, Amud, Masechem Makot, page 8, starting actually the, a little bit on the bottom of 7b. Um, at a certain point, there's going to be a Brita that's going to be like five or six cases. I'm going to ask if you can follow in the English there at that point and then see what he says because they're it's kind of complicated. Which They're going to try to define something, whether it's Maisie, Chogig, or Onis. And there mm-hmm. are different opinions on it, so uh, when we get there. So, yeah, we're on, we're on, I'm um, sorry, my apologies. We're on Vava Mubet, we're on Masechet Makot, um, z- 7, we're starting a new parak today, this parak is called Elohena Golin, and we're picking up on 6B on the very bottom, um, so we talked about Api, we're talking about the, the, um, the testimony has to be Api Haidim through their mouths. We said, it can't be through a maturgaman, it can't be through a translator. So it's, it's a three lines up from the bottom. These, these people spoke a different language. It came before Rava. Oki Rava, Turgaman, Benayo. So Rava put a translator between them. So you go, well, you can't do that. It says you can't do that. Tanaim Tanaim said you can't do that. So how do you do that? Hechi Avid Hachi. Vatanan, Shalotia, Sanadrin, Shamali, Pia, Turgaman. It says in a Mishnah even. Rava, Meida Havayada, Mada Havu Amri, Vadore, Hu Delo Havayada. He knew what they were saying, but they didn't know what he was saying. So you can't have a translator in between you and the witnesses in, when they are delivering their testimony because you have to really understand what they're saying completely. When you're, re, when you're responding to them, so that's not as critical. They should know what you're saying, but it's not as critical because they're not making, making a judgment on that. It's like, um, to call it like uh, Yosef. Yosef knew what his brothers were saying, but they didn't know what he was saying, so they had to translate. Okay. Here's another case. Uh, uh, Eliah Vituvia. Two people who were um, Krovim, who were the relatives of a guarantor. So we learned about relatives of... Two people are two relatives of witnesses. They make the whole group uh, invalid. What about relatives of a guarantor? So you have a guarantor, everyone, yeah, somebody loans money, and then you put, they ask, you know, if you can't pay the money, put a name down, somebody who can cover your $100,000 debt, and you put down the name of uh, Shlomi. So if uh, the witnesses come and they test- testify on this money, and their relatives are Shlomi, does that make their, their, their testimony invalid? Savar Papa Lameymar, Savar Papa so with regards to the Lova and the Malva, regards to jo- uh, Johnny and Stephen, um, they weren't relatives. They were only relatives of Shlomi, who was the guarantor. There, the deal happened between uh, Stephen and Johnny. So the Papa said it's not a problem. Papa. So if if the Lova is not here, you're gonna have to go after the uh, the guarantor. So he's considered part of the deal because he's considered part of the deal. Um, even you can't someone who's a relative of the guarantor. Can't, can't test testify. So I think that's uh, that might that's probably the halacha. It says here uh, that the letters there. So um, let me just see. Sometimes you can use the halacha. Here. So Ed, your father-in-law. So you'll get used to this in the future. I will one day uh, being a guarantor mm-hmm. by their first house. And, here, relatives of guarantor. 
This is uh, Shulchan Aruch. Witnesses related to the guarantor disqualify for testifying with regard to a loan. Both in the case where the borrower denies that there was a loan and they seek to testify that he borrowed the money. In the case where the borrower claims that he rep- repaid the debt and they seek to testify that he did not. So, anyway, so the, the guarantor, the relatives are also disqualified of the guarantor. Good answer. Yes. So we, and also the businesses cannot, cannot be from the family. Big time not. Yeah, because you can't have re- witnesses who are um, taint, who they're, they're biased. You have witnesses who come and they're, 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 they're relatives of the family. It says in the Gemara, even Moshe and Aaron, they can't be witnesses together because they're relatives. Whether or not a person can't be a witness for himself because he's, he's at least a corrupt. Yeah. Yeah, we learned that out. We discussed that. So even the second cousin, it can be back. Uh, how far does it go? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know how far that goes. Yeah, we learned that, but I forget that. I'll have to look it up. But it's a good question. How far does it go? Um, okay, Mishnigmar. So we're starting a Mishnah, another Mishnah here. Um, Last Mishnah. By, by the way, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. How far does it go? But it, it would seem to me in the someone to Google it. In the spirit of, of the of the Talmud, somehow the same Kovim, the same relatives for whom you sit Shiva, would so seem seven? like a basis of of what you. You know, your brother, your sister, your father, your mother, your son, your daughter, your spouse. Somehow that, that would be a, at least a, a basis to begin the discussion. Well, we, that's, I mean, I'm remembering a little bit. We have, uh, we have a, like a really complicated list of people who can't be Krovim. And it's hard to memorize. Rabbis have the, like, uh, like a, a cheat sheet for it. And they co- it ex- it's pretty extensive, much it more extensive than that. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah there are like marriage. four levels of it, I remember. I forget, I forget who they are. I think it's Kusanguinus marriage level, please. That far out. That's in relation yeah. to yeah. It's in relation to aiding for. Yeah. We have to remember that in terms of aiding for if you, you know you're interviewing somebody, uh, if, yeah, for their for their witnesses for the marriage. You know, you have to check that the wit- those witnesses are not Krovim and the Krovim is pretty extensive. That list, mm-hmm. I forget exactly what the parameters. Those marriages are. would would then bring them into the circle. Yeah, you have, you have witnesses on the kiddushin. It's, it's a certain right. transaction there. Um, you know, we have a day a day chupa. Right, 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 right. right. So you have to really make sure that they're they're not those. And so if you guys go talk to a, you have to, when you're interviewing somebody for their wedding, you have to say, you know, are these your friends or are they your family? If they say they're your family, what, what level of connection are they? And there there are a lot of levels. There's like brother or the brother. There's like all these levels. So I don't remember exactly though. Matnitin mishnig martino barachu balifnei. So we're going to learn three laws here in the first part of the mission. The second part of the mission is going to talk about um, what what's considered a uh, destructive court. We're going to see. You know, we, we talked about this a lot, and anyway, this is this is the this is the the Mishnah that everyone refers to. This idea that if you uh, they didn't they really didn't want people to die, and they they sought many ways to, to ensure that uh, the death penalty wasn't uh, applied. Forty years, hundred years. Uh, yeah, so we're going to see that right here. This is the Mishnah. Mishnah Mardino. So the first part is just three laws. Mishnah Mardino Barachu Balifneil Tobetin Einsotrinatino. So someone who, <clears throat> someone who uh, they issued a sentence. He's still alive. He's waiting. Uh, he's awaiting the punishment. He went to court. Said you're guilty. You're going to be flogged or whatever tomorrow, next day. He escapes. I guess the court, and then he comes back to the same court. Genius. Comes back to the same court. Ain sotrinat you know. So this concept of sotrin. Let's look at Rashi in the second line. It says lachzor v'lisavli ten ulayiske. So they don't they don't do a retrial for him. If, if he comes back to the same courts, the Gemara is going to say, well, what about another court in another place? But here they mention the same court. 
That's the first law. The second law is Kol Makom Shamdu Shnaim. So every place, so you don't only have to, um, the testimony of people who, who witnessed the trial is enough to, uh, to find the, the person culpable. Meaning either, either the, the court issues the judgment or it's, let's say, uh, uh, Bring another name, Julie. Julie went to another neighbor, another area. She went. She lived in California. She moved to uh, Las Vegas. Or she, no, sorry. She, she, she went. Yeah, let's say she went from LA. She went to Las Vegas. Okay. Um, she went to Las Vegas. Now she's another location. She had, it's another court, and uh, and people from LA go. I remember you. You escaped from 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 LA. I remember you. You you had you were. I remember your trial. I saw the whole thing. You and so they go to the court in Las Vegas. And they say. This is what happened to you. Their their testimony is enough to to make her liable and 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 you know worthy of punishment. So that's what we're gonna say here. Komo kom shem shnaim. Two people came. Vimru meidim anu biish ploni. Shnigmar dino bebeitin shel ploni uploni uploni ploni edav. These were the, uh, this individual's witnesses. Um, that then they're they're killed based on that on that testimony. So Sanhedrin, you can set up in, in Israel and outside of Israel. Okay. I don't think this is a subject. Sanhedrin, the law, these are courts, just mm-hmm. in general. Sanhedrin, Haregit, Echabish. Here we go. Here's the statement on um, uh, destructive court, how you define a destructive court. How often do the courts kill? Sanhedrin, Haregit, Echabish, Avonikret, Chovanit. I'm just reading it, then I'm going to go back. Let's go back over them for a moment. I just want to pause this for a moment. I know, I won't pause it. So how many people are required to establish a sanctuary? All right, so here's the, again, we're going to go into uh, the Sanhedrin, uh, the Destructive uh, Sanhedrin. Um, okay, Sanhedrin Haregit. So if they kill one person in seven years. So we learned all these things. All the previous Masechtos. Nistelo and Nistkalin. These are this, this person are, 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 are stoned. These are strangled, etc. Um, now we're going to see that, 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 that in, in reality... These, uh, the Mishnah says that the peop- only one person was killed every. Se- and if, if one person was killed every seven years, that would be considered a destructive court. Rabbi Eliezer ben Azari Omer, no, he says even more. One in seventy years is a seven, is a destructive court. Some people say that Rabbi Eliezer is. Uh, we're going to see that in a moment, in the Gemara. It's not clear exactly what he's saying, but Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Akiva, Amrim, Ilu Ayinu Besanajin, Lo Nargadam Olam. Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Akiva. Would say if I, we were in the Sanhedrin, no one would ever get killed. So, could you see a certain problem with that approach? Sure. What? Well, because it goes, it, it, it conflicts with the law. There's a law that's clearly written when you would execute someone, and to say a priori, I'm not going to hold by that, means that you're actually not accepting the Torah. Yeah, on that level, and there also could be like a societal uh, ramification that if people understand that there's going to be no punishment, uh, there's no there, there are repercussions. That's dangerous. That's what they're going to say right here. Rashba um, Gomer, af hen mar bin shochin dami misrael. If you're going to go that way, you're going to uh, you're going to expand. You're going to ex- um, uh, multiply the amount of killers in Israel. 
because there, no one's going to be afraid. You have to have some sort of uh, something in place to, as a precautionary measure, <laughs> as a uh, as a warning. Gemara. <coughs> so the Mishnah says, Mishnah Mardino Vrachu Valifne Oto Beitin. So it says, Oto Beitin, right? They came before the same bit. Someone came for the someone escaped the court. They came before the same court again. We don't we don't go review their court case again. So it says, it says there it's in the in the in the mission it says the same court. So it says for that Beitin you don't you don't review the court case again. But but in front of another Beitin you do. Okay. So on one hand so according to the that part of the Mishnah apparently you do review the case another another Beitin. But then the later on in the Mishnah we said that if two people come to another Beitin and they say this happened, uh, and this happened in L.A., now we're in Las Vegas. Um, nevertheless, um, we established the, the judgment based on their testimony of those two people who came to another city. So from there, it seems like we don't, and, and, and the mission didn't say that they review the case again. They said, we just accept their words uh, on face value. So it seems like a certain contradiction. On one hand, you say, if they go to another place, you review their judgment. But in the, later on the mission, you said, if two people, two witnesses saw the case in another city, and they came to the other city, and they said... Uh, we saw the whole case, saw the witnesses, etc., and this person's guilty. They believe them, and they don't review the case again. So they say, "What's that?" Seems like it's a certain contradiction here. Um, let's read that again. So, Hatani Seifa. In the end of the mission, it says, uh, "Continuation of the mission." It says, "These are witnesses. This person's killed." So that seems like it's a contradiction. A comes to reconcile. So in Eretz Yisrael, you, you review. In Chutz Laaretz, you don't review. So let's say you're in Eretz Yisrael and somebody, their judgment was established in Haifa. And they escaped and they went to Yerushalayim. And they went to another court in Jerusalem. They go to another court in Jerusalem, you do review their, their judgment again. Um, but if someone went from, uh, from Manhattan to uh, Boston, let's say, um, you don't review their judgment again. So it makes the case for extradition. You want to bring him back there, just wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is, it, is it that way, or is it... Or is it they were originally judged in Israel, uh, and then they went and to Chutzar? Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. My apologies. Someone was judged... Thank you. That was good. That was important. Someone was judged in Eretz Yisrael and Haifa, and then they went to New York. If they, if they went from Haifa to, to New York... Um, we don't we don't review their judgment again. But if they went from New York to Haifa, we do re- we do review their judgment again. So the question is, what's the difference between Chutzla, if you go to Chutzarts, you don't review it, and you go to Eretz you do review. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But here's here's a bright to that that explicates that. Rabbi Yehuda ben Dostai Omer, Mishum Rabbi Shimon ben Shatach, Barach mi Eretz mi Eretz, I think it's mi Eretz in Eretz Yisrael, mi Eretz, lechutzla Eretz, ain't so chinati no, mi chutzla Eretz la Eretz so chinati no. Because of the schut, the merit of Eretz Yisrael. So I saw here, I think he said, schutashel um, Eretz Yisrael. The court, uh, perhaps, did the merit of the no, it doesn't say anything about that. But um, a second. Oh. I don't know, I saw somewhere, I don't know where I saw that, it said that uh, maybe in Eretz Yisrael there's more, you have more ability to decipher the law, it's easier. And it's not just because Eretz Yisrael is like a, it learns merit upon people, which is also true, it's like maybe it's like an Yer Miklat, general Yer Miklat, but, but it's also, you have some sort of more inspiration there, you're able to get to deeper halacha. 
Who's showing Tom and Bubbly would argue that though? Yeah. You know, you're suggesting that you know you would because of the Haliger aspect of Eretz Israel takes precedent over Chutzlaretz, but in terms of Lambdas, that's not necessarily so, at least for our tradition, right? In other words, Talmud Bavli, we, we look at yeah. at a higher plane than Yeah, but even the Bavli says, Machshachim Hoshibani, like, God's, God placed me in the darkness, and that's the Talmud of Bavel. That's the, you know, they even accept that. that there, in Bavli, it's also <coughs> there's a distinction between Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlaretz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Sanadrin Heget. And, and actually, I'm sorry, but yeah. the, there's the famous, famous one where when, when the calendar was set, you know, they sent emissaries to Israel to ask, should they, right, should they um, still celebrate two days of, of, mm-hmm. of, of Yom Tov? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I mean, the Pesach came from, from Eretz Yisrael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eretz Yisrael, I mean. So yeah. it has a certain authority. Yeah. Um, I forget where I saw that. Maybe it was in here. I don't know. Um, the trip that shouldn't have happened. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. So here we go. Sanhedrin no Heget. So uh, we're talking about that. Now we're back to the destructive Sanhedrin. Uh, destructive court. So where do you get this from? Uh, oh, so, sorry. Now we're on the, 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 on the third law. We had the first, the first two laws. Now we have the third law. This is before we even talk about the destructive court. And this is talking about the Sanhedrin. We set up a Sanhedrin in, in Eric Sassel and Chutzlaretz. So, Sanajin no Heget, Minahanimili, where do we know this from? It says in a Tanic source, So, where do they learn How do they learn that from that Pasuk? Let's look at the Pasuk. Well, it's not so clear from this Pasuk where you learn it from the to put in Eretz Yisrael and Chutzar. So, if you, if anybody have the Pasukim on the side, you have that there? They provide that? Um, uh, yours don't. Yours does, though. And on the Torah or on the right side, the very bottom, keep going down, over here. Torah or they bring the pesukim here. The Torah. Oh, I took. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. You have that there, Asher. Yes. So if you look at that first pasuk there, by you elo lachem lachukam ishpalad doratichem bechol moshvotichem. See that? This is in all your moshvotichem. So all your moshvotichem. It's also in, in wherever you are in Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlar. It's interesting they left that most important piece out in the Gemara. <laughs> okay, um, this is good. You can always find the Psukim here, by the way, in this in this in this edition. In your edition, you don't have it. You just have references to where it is. This edition, they bring all the Psukim here. Gotcha. That's why, like, I'm reading the Psukim. That's where I'm reading them from. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so it says here. Um, there's another pasuk that says shavtim shavtim titenacha b'chol sharecha. So you should place imkematim b'sharecha tamoshi b'tei dinim b'sharecha tamoshi b'tei dinim So it says in all your your. So it seems like the pasuk is highlighting Israel specifically and all your shearim. So what's it? In one hand, we say you put in all your mosh, or all your settlements. That's the first pasuk. The second pasuk says gives a certain pre- uh, certain preference to Israel. It says b'sharecha in your uh, in your in your gates, which seems to refer to Eretz Yisrael. So what's it? There must be a distinction between Eretz Yisrael and Chutzarts, nevertheless. That's what they're going to explain. B'sharecha meaning in Eretz Yisrael, a tamoshi b'teidinim b'chol pelach in every district and in every town. B'chutzarts tamoshi b'chol pelach o pelach, plach o plach, 
in every district, not in every city, just in every district. Okay. Um, Sanhedrin, Haregit. So we're, now we're on the topic of uh, the last topic here, which is a destructive court. So there's a view here. Um, it was Rabbi Eliezer. If you look at the Mishnah, it says Rabbi Eliezer Ben Azaria Omer Shana, one in seventy years. He doesn't say he doesn't say that one in seventy years is a destructive court. He just says one in seventy years. So it's not clear what he's saying. Is he is he said one way to understand is like just like the first person said one in every seven one in every seven years is bad. I'm adding that. No, even one in every seventy years is, is a destructive court. That's one way to go with it. Another way to go with it is to say he was just describing the reality. You say one in every seventy, one in every seven years is a destructive court. He's saying, well, in reality, what really happens on the ground is that one every seventy years is killed. So you're right. One in every seven years is destructive. One in every six, one in every sixty nine years or something is destructive. One in every seven years, that's what normally happens. That's that's what we're going to. So then it's not clear what he's saying exactly. Um, so, he's just explaining the way of the world. It's, just, it's, it's not prescriptive, it's, it's descriptive. It's just, right, descriptive. Yeah. The first one is prescriptive. Every 70 years is, is, is a destructive court, so you shouldn't do it, even one every 70 years. The other one is descriptive. One every seven years it happens. Teiko. So, they don't have an answer for it. Hmm? It's one of the biggest questions. Okay. Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Akiva, Omrim, Iloayinu. So, so how would they work around this? How would they ensure that? How would they? How would they suggest that we ensure that the courts wouldn't kill, ever? So, what was the mechanism for doing this? You can't just uproot a law. You have to do it within the contracts of halacha. So, how do they go about doing it? So, they basically said they would ask like uh, a lot of questions until the point where you would find that the witnesses couldn't answer them, and the witnesses would say, "I don't know." And at a certain point, they don't know then you say, well, you're not proper witnesses. They would kind of undo the testimony of the witnesses and in, in kind of creative ways. And if they had an answer, they would go another level, another level. That's what they're going to say here. You ever hear once where they, there was a murder that occurred below a tree or something, apple tree or something, and the key question that they asked or the witnesses was, like, what was the size of the apple or what was the size of the fruit on the tree? Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. else was the same, but they gave different answers on uh-huh. the size of the fruit. Yeah, we're actually something like that here too. Where was that? I don't remember that. Was that in one of the one of the masaf there? I just remember it vague. Okay. Or um. So, so say So what would they do? What would they suggest doing? Rabbi Yochanan of Rabbi Elazar, the Amri Tavayot, Reitim Harag Shalem Harag. So you see, you ask them, did you know this person that got killed? Were they? in a healthy state when they were got killed or were they in an unhealthy state? Uh, someone who's in a, who's in an un- is considered a trefa, they're, they're bound to die in the next 12 months, so they're, they're considered already dead. And if someone kills that individual, they're not liable for the death penalty because they killed somebody who's already kind of a dead man walking. So they asked, did you check their, their 18 inner, uh, the 18 signs that show whether they're, uh, they're going to be dying soon or not? That's his Rashi here. Um, uh, Rashi is Ritim, uh, we checked him after he died from all 18 of his uh, of the signs so it's like, either you know that this person was uh, was uh, they're, in, they're in hospice or something like that you know they're going to die or you check them you say did you check them afterwards 
make sure they, they had all the signs of somebody who was, who was healthy. Um, if they didn't, then, then we say, well, maybe he was really a trefa, and then maybe they, you weren't, the person didn't really kill somebody, like a live person. So, but let's say they did check the person. They go, Marv Ashi, Intim Tzalem Marshalem, Haba. So let's say, okay, I did check that they had all the signs and, and they were healthy, and I know that this that that, that that this was a real murder. So maybe, in, but maybe you didn't check one thing. In the place where the sword was was inserted, maybe there there was a hole already there. If there was a hole already there, that would make them a trefa. Uh, that would be another another sign that they were prone to, to they were bound to die. So that's another way around it. Um, so they ask a question. Someone who is so that's that works for that's a way to kind of work around somebody who capital pun, uh, laws connected to to death to to murder. What about um, forbidden sexual relations? How do you what would you what would they do in that case? So so someone who uh, cohabitated with a forbidden sexual relationship. What would they do? How would they um, ask the Adim? How would they interrogate the Adim? Rava the Amri Charvayo, Ritim Kimakolbish Fulferet. So, make sure we picture that here. So, this is uh, it's like eyeliner, right? Um, it's old, old school eyeliner. They would put like a, this brush inside a very narrow jar or, or, or a container and, you know, bring it, put it in, then bring it out and, you know, color their. Uh, use it for makeup. So they ask the question, they go, did you actually see the, this is like a euphemism, did you actually see the brush going into the jar? Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see it. Well, how do you know that they really, maybe they were just, you know, uh, sharing an apartment. They were just hooking up, but they weren't, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, so Rashi says, Rashi says, People don't usually look at that. They don't see it. You know. So, Rabbanan. So Rabbanan, they didn't. They didn't agree with this lenient way. Rabbanan, you know, they, they didn't were as weren't as lenient, and they were prepared to say that uh, we don't. We're not going to exonerate everybody. So how would they deal with this? Did, maybe they asked also about. They didn't ask about this. They said, When people seem like they're having sex, we can say that Adim and Adim give test, and the witnesses give testimony for that. We say that they, they saw them having sex. We don't have to say it. They have to see uh, all the details. So that's how Rabbanan dealt with that. Okay. Um, okay, so we finished this first parak. This is the parak of Adim Zomimim, Conspiring Witnesses. And now we're moving into um, a little bit more of... Uh, uh, we're moving now into Elohim Golin, which is going to be discussions of uh, unintentional murder and cities of refuge. So someone who so that's so I handed out these handouts. Here. We'll just review this for a second. I'm just gonna run through this quickly. So there are three places where this this law appears. First place is Devarim. So I'm just gonna read through the English quickly. The Lord your God cuts off the nations whose land the Lord your God is giving you, and you inherit them. Dwell in the cities and their homes. You should separate three cities for yourself in the midst of your land, which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Prepare the road for yourself and divide into three parts the boundary of your land, which the Lord your God is giving you as inheritance, and it will be for every killer to flee there. So you create these, these places where people who kill unintentionally, they flee to those locations. This is the case of the killer who will flee there, that he may live. Whoever strikes... This is, this is how we're going to define somebody who, who kills unintentionally. It's going to be important for the Gemara. Okay? Whoever strikes his fellow to death unintentionally, it says in Hebrew, 
And he did not hate in times past. So if somebody killed somebody, they already hated them beforehand, that's considered an intentional murder. Somebody killed somebody that they didn't know or they didn't hate them in the past, that, that can fall in the category of unintentional. And therefore, they get... This is a re, kind of like a... Uh, this is a... This is a... Uh, not a, all necessarily a punishment to go to these, these um, cities of refuge. Uh, these are kind of considered a kapara to some extent. Somebody who kills intentionally, they're, they're, um, they're either put to death... Or if, or if the Goel Hadam finds them, uh, no, sorry, it's unintentional. Someone who kills intentionally, they get killed. Somebody gets killed. Someone who kills unintentionally, they have, they can go, they kind of go to jail, and they wait there till the to the to the Kohen Gadol dies. When the Kohen Gadol dies, they come out and their their judgment's done. But it's a certain certain form of like, it's a, it's not like a, a it's not a negative thing. It is negative that they're getting punished, but it's not the worst punishment. And that's what we're trying to figure out: who is intentional and who's not intentional. But as I remember learning with my father, there are unintentional murders that do not require you to go to the city of refuge um, because there is an element, I mean, of punishment. Uh, you know, you're uprooting your, your life. You, 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 oh, yeah. You're going to a new city. Uh, it's, it's not a... It's like a witness protection plan. Exactly. It's not a very... It's not a... Right. And so, in some sense, the best is to be determined that it's unintentional but not under the stipulations of... Unintentional, as defined in the Torah. And then what would, what would? You and then you're not liable for the death penalty, but you're also not liable for to go to the city of refuge. And, and so you may be there may be monetary compensation. Uh-huh. Well, the problem with that is you still have the person whose relatives want to go but, after you. They but, don't. But they don't have a right to. Ki- no, they don't have a right. But but people, as a matter, people, they don't. It's very hard to get into that category because people have a natural tendency to want revenge. And that's what the Aramaic lot is really to protect them. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, the Aramaic lot has like different functions. One is protection. One is kapar. One is right. like to, to, to punish them. Another one is to 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 mechaper, to atone for them. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there are different categories. There's ones, there's shogig, and there's mazing. There's like a lot of gray areas in between those. Right. So we're going to be dealing with those gray areas in the Gemara. But right now, I just kind of want to see what to flush out what the unintentional thing is. As a, as when a man goes with his fellow into the forest to chop wood, and his hand swings an axe to cut the tree. The iron flies off the handle and reaches his fellow and dies. He shall flee to one of these cities. That's another case of unintentional. You're, you're chopping wood, and uh, the the head of the uh, the top of the um, axe flies off. You should have been a little bit careful with that because you weren't careful enough and it flew off. Um, you consider unintentional. It's not considered um, ones. How would I define that? Sure, yeah. you know. What's ones? Mm-hmm. Ones is uh, uh, a. Onus is that you have you're you, forced to do you're, something. Yeah. You're, you're coerced. Coerced. Okay, it's not it's not coercion. It's not something that happened that you couldn't control. You should have been careful with the axe. Lest the avenger of the blood pursue the killer, while his heart is hot, and overtake him, etc. So they go to this place, they escape the the, the murder. Let's go to Bami Bar thirty five. Speak to Janizo say when you curse the journal and Khan, you shall then these cities for yourself, etc. These cities shall serve as a refuge, that's twelve. Thirteen, six cities. Um, okay. So we can keep going next page. You're just delineating what the cities are. Here, and here's a case, okay? On, p- on page two. If he struck him with an iron instrument and he dies, he is a murderer and a mercenary put to death. So if you killed them with a... This is, these are considered intentional murders. If he struck him with a fist-sized stone, which is deadly, these are intentional. Fist-sized wooden instrument, which is deadly, and you knew this thing was deadly, it's, it's, it's intentional. Blood avenger shall kill the murderer and may kill him when he meets him. Out of hatred, if he did it out of hatred, he pushed him, threw something at him with premeditation and he died, this is all considered intentional. Remissly uh, struck him, etc. Now we're going to get to, um, but here's a but on 22. Now this is the unintentional. Okay, this is our category. 
If he pushed him accidentally, without malice, or threw an object at him without premeditation, or with any stone which is deadly, and without seeing his victim, he threw it down on him and killed him, but he was not his enemy, he bore no, him no malice, then the congregation shall judge between the sale and the blood avenger on the base of these judgments, and they shall protect them and send them to, uh, to the Irmiklat, to the cities of refuge. That's that source. Until the Kohen Gadol dies. The next source is Shemot 21. Let's skip down to there. It says, But one who did not stalk him, is another, is us defining who is a unintentional, one who did not stalk the, 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 did not stalk the person that they murdered, but God brought it about into his hand, they'll make a place for the person to flee. That will be the city. So yeah, I put numbers here next to them because the Gemara is going to uh, go through these and I'm going to just refer you to the number if you want to take a look as we go along. So the Gemara just like, just like doesn't organize the Pesukim. It's not like, this is chapter 20, Shemot 21, number one. It just goes in and out of the different Pesukim. So it's just like you just have a lot of these uh, like fragments of Sukim, so I thought this might be helpful to have just general context. Isn't somewhere in there Chayav Mises Mayim though? When? See, it doesn't have to be amazed, but it's not amazed, but you're but you're under one of these categories. Isn't there a Chayav Mises Bidesh I do remember that. Right? I do remember that vaguely, but I don't. I do remember. Even if you're on the way to the Miklat, yeah. there's a Chayav Mises Bidesh Mayim that some category, I remember that. Doesn't I do remember quite get that you. vaguely. Like Fort Kilmer says, but if a man plots deliberately against his friend to slay him with cunning, even from which my one? Uh, number 14. Yeah. I've Rabbi said there that like if someone went to murder someone and he, he held on to the altar, you couldn't. But he, he tied the person up in a forest and then a lion came and ate um, the person, then he's not. Um, you can't prosecute him for the murder. But it, yeah, this is talking about. I think that, that they intended, they deliberately intended to kill them, and they killed them. Meaning, this is this is not just saying you intended it and you didn't follow through with it. I think that's the case in fourteen. Meaning, it's it's just comparing it to the previous case that you didn't intend. This one you did oh. intend, and you, they both died in both cases by you. One is that you didn't intend to do it. One was that you did intend to do it. Yeah. And Rabbi, after Kohen Gadol dies, what's going to happen? If the Kohen Gadol dies, then then the person is allowed is out of the is out of jail. It's like a got out of jail, got out of jail free card. Um, the question is like, what's the connection between the death of the Kohen Gadol and that? Um, that's a lot. I, I remember there are like several answers to that. So I, I have to review that again. Yeah. And it's random, right? I mean, it could be yeah. thirty years. I mean, it could be six months. Some people say the Kohen Gadol should have prayed or something. Right. They blame. Yeah. There's some blame on the Kohen Gadol. The Kohen Gadol should have prayed for them, and because he didn't, um, his his death atones in the end for the person coming out. There are different explanations for that. Um, it's, it's a really interesting copy. All right. Um, okay. So, um, someone who kills somebody in, unintentionally. Uh, these are the people that become exiles. So, here's examples of somebody who killed a, a killing un, unintentionally. So, somebody who was on the roof and they were flattening the roof um, with a certain ma'agal. Here. Somebody was flattening the roof with this kind of like a tool, and they were on the roof. And the, they, and the other times that, that's how they did it. And there was cement, and they were, they flattened it. Uh, if this thing, this this wheel fell off and hit somebody, that's considered unintentional. And then you you're not you're not liable for for death, but you have to go become exile. You go be exile. You were lowering down a, a, a bucket, and all of a sudden the bucket fell off and killed somebody. All these you should have been a little bit careful. That's that's the problem. 
Ayared b'sulam. You're going down the sulam and you fell off and you killed somebody. This, these people are exiled. You should have been a little bit more careful. You could argue, well, someone who falls off a... a, a how often does it happen if someone falls off a... a, a what's it called? A, a, a ladder. It seems like it could be more like a, the, the lower level. It's not really unintentional. It's something um, that's... I can't find a better word. It's not coerced. But it's... Uh, it's... Carol? It's not just Carol. It's like you couldn't have helped it. Um, it's negligence. Yeah, negli- is, yeah certain... I mean, um, which, for which word are you looking? Looking for like something that was that was neg- something that it was beyond your control. That was onus, right? Yeah, it's yeah. onus. I'll just use that. It's beyond your control. So you could have said falling off a off a ladder is beyond your control, but they're saying that's something you should have been careful with. Okay. Um, but but here's a, but if you were go if you're if you're pushing this wheel on the on the roof and you push it and it fell off, that's considered unintentional. But if you're pulling it back, at the moment you're pulling back and then it fell off and it rolled the other way, that's considered uh, like it's beyond your control. And that's, that's not considered that you're, you're not liable for that. And here are going to be cases similar to that. So, you, were, um, you, weren't, pulling, you weren't pushing down the, the, the bucket, you're pulling it up. While you're pulling up, it fell. So you weren't you weren't even pulling pull, you weren't even exerting force downwards. You're pulling it upwards, and then it fell. Then you're not you're not you're not exiled. It's not it's not as bad. Um, same thing. You weren't going down it, but you're going up the sulam, and then then you fell off the sulam, um, and you killed somebody. I guess that makes sense. If you're going down this, uh, uh, a ladder, you should be, and you fall down. It's it's, uh, it's that's one thing. If you're going up the ladder and you fall down, it seems like. That's a little more out of your control. If you're going down, you fall. It's, it's, that's an, that's your, already your, your direction. You're going. And here's the principle, okay? And this is where this is what they're working with here. Everything that's going down and exerting towards the direction where it ended up causing the damage, and you were you were exerting that force, uh, that the, you're the inertia from contributory negligence. Yeah. Word that. You know, is there a term like that? Yeah. Or? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay. In, in, in all law, there is. Okay. And I think that's, but that's because you use the word negligent, contributory. You're pushing it. Obviously, you didn't intend. But yeah. you or you're were, going down already, and you fall. You know. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Gemara, Minahan Emiling, where are these words from? How do I know um, that it's always derech nefila and not derech irida, uh, not derech aliyah? If it's going down and not going up. So if you look on the source here on the page two. Um, Verse 23, that's why I put one. I'm just going to give you, the, I put the numbers in my Kamara, you don't have to, so I'm just going to refer One, it says, um, or with any stone which is deadly without seeing his victim, he threw it down on him. Vayapel uh, alav, it says, Vayipol, that Lashon of Nefilah, that's how they learn it from. Vayimot ajipol derech Nefilah. Okay. Tanar Banan. Prat Bishkaga, so this is the Pasuk says Bishkaga. I don't know if you want to keep going following this, you just you're comfortable with just knowing that it's there. <laughs> but Shkaga is number two on the sheet somewhere. Um, it says you killed somebody Bishkaga, it's Prat Lamezi. So if someone killed somebody unintentionally, that comes to teach me that someone who kills somebody intentionally um, is not in the category of 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 is not worthy of exile. They're they're murdered. Um, the, uh, so it says Bavli Dat without no, without knowing. Um, that's pratlimi kaven. That's to um, that's number three on the sheet. If you want to take a look, um, that's somebody who killed without knowing. That that just um, that excludes somebody who has intention. 
so the Gemara is going to ask, well, well, come on, come on, what are you teaching me that's new? I know someone who's Maisie is not, it, it, they're, they're, they're killed because they kill intentionally. That's a whole other law. That's not something new. And somebody has intention. I know that they're also killed um, because they did something, they had intention. So what are you, what are you, what's, what are you teaching me that's new here? That's what the Gemara is going to say. Maisie, pshita, barkatlahu. Somebody who killed somebody intentionally, it's simple. They're, they're, they're worthy, of, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're already like a dead man walking. Amarava ema pratla omer mutar. So when you say mezi, it really meant omer mutar. Amale um, abai. So what does that mean? Somebody who thought something was permitted. Let's see Rashi. There's omer mutar here. Bomer uh, mutar. Top line. Savor shemutar l'orget Yisrael v'zo mezi chilo. So somebody thought that it was permitted to kill another Jew. That's not completely mezi. This is the category between shogig and mezi. It's between unintentional and intentional. It's considered, kar- uh, it's, it's like karovla mezid, or, and we do consider this as mezid, mezid, as intentional. You have a case where somebody killed another Jew, and they thought it was permitted to kill a Jew. Well, how, who, who, really, who really thinks it's permitted to kill a Jew? But they thought it. They should have really, they should have checked any basic uh, Jewish law book, and they didn't. So we don't, we, we say this is even worse than unintentional. This is almost intentional, or we, we put this in the category of intentional. All right. So that's what the Mishnah is trying to teach us. The Bright is trying to teach us that um, Shkaga is, doesn't include, in, 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 uninten, category of unintentional does not encompass within it somebody who thought something was permitted. If you thought something was permitted... Ignorance is not... It's not always bliss. Yeah. No, no. It, it's not a... Uh, excuse. It's not, it's it's not an excuse. excuse. You know, it's, it, is, it could be an excuse if it's something I think that's not well known. Well, but I mean, you know, you can ex- think of examples of self-defense, situations where self-defense wa- allows you... No, 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 but the person might, I'm just thinking of it, how could you have a situation where somebody thinks it's permitted to kill a fellow Jew? Well, maybe it's some situation in which the person who's doing the killing thinks he's doing something in self-defense, mm-hmm. when in fact it's not justifiable in that, just as an example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's another one. Shani uh, Omer Mutar, this is really fascinating. Shani Omer Haomer Mutar Karov Lemezidu. So... You have this like, you have this um, two, you have, a, you have this like uh, liminal space here between unintentional and intentional, of close to intentional, and um, this bright to stretch, uh, Rava stretches this to the intentional direction. Karovla means Same thing. Somebody has intention to kill somebody, they're like a dead man walking, they deserve to be punished and killed. So Rava said, um, so somebody who had intention to kill one thing, and and apparently, so somebody came to kill an animal, uh, uh, a, a donkey, and there was another person right next to them while they were doing it. Um, if they killed the person while they were killing the donkey, I don't just consider this unintentional. I consider this close to intentional. In the category of intention. Because anyone saying would have said, excuse me, could you move over a little? Yeah. Right? Yeah. The fact that it was such... The, the Gemara doesn't say here that there was another person standing next to the animal when you killed but both you, of them, but you assume that, I guess. Or you could say they thought it was an animal, and they, 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 or they thought, they thought it was an animal, but it was really a human. They didn't check well enough. And therefore, we consider that also. It happens in hunting accidents all the time. I see a rustling yeah. in the bushes. I think it's a deer. Boom. Oh, yeah, so that, would be, that would be Maisie, according to that. That would be, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that would be in the category here. And there are a few other... There's also someone who, who came to kill a kuti. Um, 
a, a certain non-Jew, but uh, really it's just a nochre, I saw that, the, yeah, but they took that out. So it's a case is killed with the Mezid, they can't go to the Aramiklat or not? You don't go to the Aramiklat if you kill the Mezid. No, close to Mezid, close to Mezid. Also you, not. You don't know. Also not. That's what they're saying. The, the, bright, the, gemar, the, the Pasuk says Vishkaga. This is unintentional. That comes to include all these other things. What are they? 100% unintentional. Uh, yeah. And so we're trying to figure out what that is. So we're saying that, that anything that's even close to Mezid, that's not in the category of Shkaga. That's not in the category of unintentional. So these cases don't, don't merit to go to the Arami Klat, to the city of refuge. That's the idea of Prat Lizet. It excludes this, it excludes that. Because it says two times, if you pay attention, it says two times Bishkaga in two places. So it says two times that Tosa talks about that. There's an extra Bishkaga that comes to really emphasize that everything else is excluded. All right. Let's run a little bit here. Bivli, uh, so here's Bivli dot. Prat lemi kaven. Oh, we did that. Okay. Ten arbanan. So I'm just going to. Uh, this is a little complicated. It's not clear. These cases here are not clear if they are. We talked about three levels. We talked about um, beyond your control, intentional, uh, unintentional, and intentional. So it's level one, two, and three. Beyond your control is that you're not liable at all. You couldn't have. You couldn't have. You couldn't have known. Uh, that something was going to happen. You, sh- you sh- shot something in, you by accident shot something in the air, let's say, or, and it killed somebody or whatever. That's, un- that's, that's beyond your control. And you have unintentionally, you should have been more careful. And you have intentionally, you premeditated or corroded to that. So all these cases here are going to be cases, they don't fall in level two. But the question is, they fall in level one, where it's beyond your control, or they fall in level three, which is something that was intentional. It's not clear. Rabbi Nechanana and Ross, there's different opinions here. So we'll just go through them. I'll just tell you what he says in this book, in, in the Masifta, which is a, it's kind of like very thorough, um, very thorough te- text which deals with all the sides of the Gemara. It's a pretty, pretty great book if anybody wants to, to buy that. It's really helpful. Okay. Um, it's, very, it's popular in yeshivas nowadays. Okay. So someone killed, so we have all these cases, again, four, uh, four five, six, seven, eight, nine. These are like six or seven, eight, six, six cases here from the Sukim. You just look here, and this pasuk here, they're all here. Uh, feta, they're going to go through this pasuk. Uh, this is pasuk 22 on page 2. We're going to go through 4, 5, 6, 7. All these are different things that they're going to darshan. So that's what this is, that's this bright though. So, um, the feta, prat le karen zavit. So someone who killed somebody, uh, it says here, um, the feta accidentally, but it's more like immediately, uh, all of a sudden. You killed, you, you killed somebody all of a sudden, um, that, that, would be show, that would be unintentional. And this would exclude somebody who killed somebody while they're walking with their knife along the, along the road, and somebody automatically jumps out at them around the corner. So the question is, what, is, this, is this considered level one or level three? It's not clear. It could be considered level one that you didn't even see the person, and they just jumped out, out of the corner. So let's just go with that one. Um, below Eva, that you didn't have, you didn't have enmity, enmity uh, any malice. Prat the sonet. So somebody who hates um, somebody who hates somebody else, they're considered intentional. They're level three, intentional, and they're not, they're not in that, this category. Hadafo, you push them. Is that somebody who pushed them with their body? This comes to uh, this, this, this means someone you push somebody with your body. Um, so this isn't coming to exclude somebody; it's just coming to define what it means. You push, even if you push them with your body, that's still considered uh, unintentional. So if you put oh hishlich alav, you 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 you. You uh, threw something upon them, an object. Um, so this comes to teach you that um, even e- e- we talked about if something goes down, it's considered unintentional. If it goes up, 
it's not considered. So let's say you're going down for the sake of going up. You're going down the ladder, you're stepping down to go back up the ladder, and then you fall off. What's that considered, up or down? Is that cons- if it's considered up, then it's considered beyond your control, and you're not liable. If it's considered going down, it's considered unintentional, and you are liable. So they're saying, it, it is, this, this right is saying it, going down for the sake of going up is considered going down. And therefore, it is in the category of shogeg, and you're, and you're obligated. Everyone following that? Or, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's important. We're going to go back to that um, probably so tomorrow. So up, up is shogeg, and down is mezid? So, no, down is, is level two, unintentional. Up, going up, it's considered level one, which is beyond your control. So if you're going up and you fall down the ladder, you're already going up and you fall down, that might have been beyond your control. But if you're already going down, you should have been more careful. And we consider that unintentional, and, and, but still you should have been careful, and we, we obligate you. It's not like you're jumping off on the person. If you did that, that would be level three, which would be premeditated. You fell off, but you should have been more careful. If you're going up, it's like not, not considered uh, beyond your control. But what if you're going down for the sake of going up? That's the question. So you're going down for the sake of going up. So they say, we, we say, in the Quran of Brighta, we consider that as if you're going down. And that's level two. That's considered unintentional. You had intention for it to go to one side, and it went to another side. In that case, that's not considered a shogeg. Um, the question is, what is it considered? Um, so it says, in, in this source, it says that this, it's, this is close to beyond your control. You, you, you tended to go to one side, and by accident, flip, it came out of your hand and went to the other side. That's considered, unintent- that's considered beyond your control, level one. Um, so you intended to throw two and actually threw four you, you had a you had a uh, uh, you had a bag of, of of let's say golf balls and you meant to take out two you took out four by accident and those four were responsible for killing the person so we consider that it seems like we consider that level one which is beyond your control because by accident you took out the two you, you, but you could say you should have been more careful but they're, they're not saying that so I don't know um, okay. Uh, okay. Vasher Yavod Reo Bayahar. This is the continuation of, of the Pasuk. Uh, this is, uh, sorry, this is a, a whole other Pasuk. This is in Dvari 19.5. So Vasher Yavod Reo Bayahar. Somebody who came up to their neighbor in, the, in the, um, the forest. What, just like the forest, is a location where the, 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 the victim and the perpetrator can go inside. So too, this case only is applicable in a, lo- in a location where the perpetrator and the victim can enter. If it's, I guess, private property, uh, you know, mm-hmm. if, if, if the, uh, if the uh, victim went into the, the, the yard of the, of, the, uh, of the perpetrator without his permission, so the perpetrator not, is not liable. If it's like a, a, a public domain, then, then it's considered unintentional. But if, 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 the, if the Vic Johnny went to Stephen's lawn and, and he was killed there, so that's not considered necessarily unintentional. It could be a, even like a lower level, I guess. Uh, all right. Um, because the, the, the perpetrator didn't have an expectation that whoa. somebody was in his we're yard. Yeah. So we're over. Okay. We have to, we're going to we're gonna have to run tomorrow. Um, yeah. All right. Do you want to? Uh, okay. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to speed it up tomorrow. tomorrow week. Okay. No questions. Yeah. Right.